Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I understand you have a gone baby gone situation, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the sincast this is chris atkinson from cinema sins joined as always by the voice of cinema sins jeremy scott hello everybody and from music video sins barrett share yo that was deep that was, that deep. was very deep uh so about 10 years ago the harry potter franchise ended harry potter and the deathly hallows part two ended an eight uh movie franchise that started in 2001 which was if you do the math 20 years ago hold on hey, hang on mm-hmm. one two mm-hmm. no that's what i got to yeah, it's yeah. 20 okay yeah, yeah, social yeah, network yeah, right yeah, there. yeah yeah social network um so we thought we would uh would uh, talk about the harry potter movies yes uh, as an anniversary anniversarial thing anniversarial uh, you're a wizard harry you're saying it wrong it's levy osa mr potter why spiders why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? I love magic. I watched uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the first time in forever uh, uh, recently, and uh, I, I had forgotten a lot of things about this movie. I, I've read all the books uh, as well, uh, but there are certain things like, you know, if you ask me, what's the difference between the book and, and the movie? I, I couldn't tell you anymore. Mm-hmm uh obviously for all of you others out there this is the philosopher's stone yeah the sorcerer's you stone others that's right you, you others who are you know who are who are doing it the right way but you know americans we need to have something in there that says magic intrigue yeah i, what, yeah, I, I don't know i guess i mean would english or would uh american people who people who that? liked harry potter books would have gone to watch philosopher's stone but i think they're worried about the people who don't read books. Uh. These these kids are so tiny, oh, man. Oh, they're so little. They're like <laughs> they're like little GI Joe people. <laughs> they're, like, they're like an inch tall. Yeah, yeah. God, I just want to squeeze his cheeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. He really does look eight years old in this first movie, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he was like twelve or whatever the fuck. But mm-hmm. you go back and look at you know the first movie, and you realize how much how much they got right mm-hmm. um, in terms of casting. Um, but just the look and feel of Hogwarts, the stuff that would end up carrying on through the whole rest of the series, you cast one of those three main kids wrong and you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're absolutely fucked. They 
struck gold. They really did with with them and uh, with uh, Tom Felton with Malfoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now the rest of them, as we'll we'll get into, is every famous British actor ever. Yeah, uh, is the rest of the cast. But you know, Maggie Smith as uh, McGonagall mm-hmm. was perfect. Uh, McGonagall. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane as uh, as Hagrid was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Harris arguably was perfect as Dumbledore. Unfortunately, didn't make it through the whole series. Uh, and I think, as I was telling Chris, I think Michael Gambon uh, actually is a better Dumbledore. He is. He's um, more mysterious. It worked out. It's not. I can't say it worked out perfectly when somebody died. It worked out very well because the first two movies, Dumbledore is more kindly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as the kids are growing up, he gets a little darker mystery edge when Gambon comes on to play him. And maybe that's the way it would have gone with Harris, too. Maybe that's the way the character was intended to be all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of prefer Gambon yeah, a little bit. You know what I really wish, having seen Paddington 2, is I wish Hugh Grant could have played some villainous somebody. He was the only famous British actor that was not in this. <laughs> I mean, he could have done the, the Kenneth Branagh role just yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's literally the only British actor that's not in these movies. Mm-hmm. Literally. Even Christian Bale is somewhere in these movies. <laughs> he's playing the, the twin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, uh, watching that first one, re- like I was like, you know, I, uh, I often think about how we would do sins videos of a movie like this today because I'm sure we didn't go into a deep delve mode or anything, but I'm... I was sitting there going, why is there this fucking, like, you have the three-headed dog mm-hmm. guarding a trap door, which goes down into a plant that eats you, to, and then and then they have to play a chessboard, and it's mm-hmm. like, luckily they have three people, Yeah, you know? <laughs> and then they have to look into a mirror, and the mirror, you have to want the Sorcerer's Stone, but not to use it. Right. <laughs> Why would you bother guarding it? You could. There's a million different things you could do to guard it, yeah. and you didn't have to go through all of that to do it. And uh, and I'm just sitting, I'm sitting there going, why? Why is all this here? You could lock this up in a secret place and just nobody ever sees it. You know. Um, and then if they even if they do, they they'd have to want the want it, but not to use it. Right. This is. This yes. is a this is a hallmark of Harry Potter stories, by the way. <laughs> the the you know the whole thing where like why didn't the bad guys get it? They got all the way to the mirror, and everything is like oh oh they wanted it and they wanted to use. <laughs> you that. have to want it, but not want it. How do you put that in your magic spell into your mirror? <laughs> like uh, I mean, do, do you do you do you have to encant in some way to say? Tell that mirror, like, that, you know, you need to read their mind and their thoughts and their soul. And you need to make sure that they want that, that they want it and want it only. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's as silly as the the snap in the end of the, the MCU. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Thanos has a very clear picture of I want to get rid of 50 percent of the population. But then Bruce yeah. can somehow bring everybody back. But then Tony can only eliminate the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Because he's using the powers of his wow. with mind bullets. With mind bullets. And you know, of course, it's also silly too the the fact that somehow some things that seem really really simple turn into things that are really really difficult. Like when they're trying to learn to fly, and like of course Harry because he's born to be a fucking seeker. 
is is it says up to his broom and yeah. it goes straight to him. Funk. Meanwhile, Hermione, who's like the best at everything, is like up and it's not doing it for some reason because I guess brooms don't like Hermione. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then you know and then we talk about the ridiculousness of Quidditch, which was uh, wisely faded faded out in the books and then therefore the movies. Yeah. Because that sport is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, in the book, the in the first couple of books there's probably more background on quidditch than there is of like the history of elves in mm -hmm. in the lord of the rings <laughs> yeah there's oh it's like okay so now you have seekers and you have bludgers and you have the snitch or the skitch or the, it's the snitch. am it's i the, the only one who just literally skipped over anytime tolkien wrote an elvish because he would write entire passages oh, yeah, in yeah. Elvish, and I would just... <laughs> well, yeah, what are you going to uh, yeah, do? Well, I'm <laughs> sure there are purists who are like, La Vlofnium, La Flataboo. Yeah. But I just, every time that happened, I just scanned for English. Well, yeah. Well, what, what, to me, it was, what the, what's the point? If I can't read this, then, and you don't translate it, yeah. then uh, there's no point in me... And I'm sure for others, it's like, okay, I'll go consult the consortium or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they'll be like, read it. And like, oh, okay. This gives me a lot of deeper meaning in the, uh, <laughs> visit with Mr. Brandlebush. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, skip over stuff like that. Um, yeah, the, like Quidditch, I was sitting there like in the first movie, I was, I was like, I was like, okay, maybe in the first movie it made more sense or whatever. And they explained the rules and everything. It's like, there's going to be a bunch of people throwing balls into these little hoops. There's a goalie. And they're like, okay, you get points throwing the ball through the hoop. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And it's like, oh, by the way, if you catch the snitch, which ends the game, which you have to do to end the game, you win. <laughs> And I'm right. Like, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter, right? Yeah, it doesn't. I don't get it. I guess, I, I mean, the. I, I don't know if there's a, a, a total of points awarded. Like, is there 150 or something like that? Like, you, if you were, if you had a game strategy that in, that said, we're not going to find the snitch, then your strategy would be, we got to throw as many balls through these hoops as we can. Yes. Yeah. But Yeah, because you do get like a, like a, a bonus points prize when you get the snitch and mm -hmm. then the game is over but i guess you can lose if you don't have even if that doesn't get you over the hump with points yeah but, i don't know it's a bunch of bullshit and there's a keeper right in front of the the goal <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah which is i think uh percy uh is the is the guy who's the the key i, mean, I think that's who it is he's the head boy that's right <laughs> um but uh uh yeah the that i like that first one a lot though um uh, Chris Columbus is the director here. He's obviously picked because he 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 was able to work well with children, Home Alone, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day mm -hmm. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> Small children. <laughs> right. Um, uh, it, it's got this, the, the first two Harry Potters have this sort of Disney movie of the week feel to it. Yeah. Which is not, I mean, cinematically, that's kind of it sounds lame but like it it it's actually feels like a good family movie oh, like yeah. it really does feel like something you'd watch on a disney sunday night or something with your kids before you go to bed mm -hmm. and everything uh uh the john williams score in this is fantastic that theme song is great mm -hmm. the so good. it's it's it it really gets you in now some of the score is great but it sounds like rejected stuff from indiana jones mm -hmm. it's good it's good don't get me wrong in this first movie in the first movie yeah i got you I yeah got you. there's a lot of things in there that sounds like 
Indiana Jones is going yeah. through a corridor of some sort. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and, and he's John Williams is back in the early eighties doing it, <laughs> uh, and everything. But, uh, yeah, uh, g- great start. I mean, uh, it obviously, I mean, you, this is, you talk about getting the casting wrong. Imagine just getting the first movie wrong. Yeah. We saw what happened with Chronicles of Narnia after Lion, the Witch of the Wardrobe. Yeah. Um, they, it may be a different argument though. Uh, because everybody knows the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Mm. Uh, whereas Prince Caspian is where everybody stopped reading, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess. But, but Prince Caspian <laughs> wasn't a good movie either. No, no, I agree. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, the other one, I, I should say, you know, as far as casting goes, that they hit gold with was Alan Rickman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you, we'll get into this even more later on, but like the, the way that he can, chew into dialogue is perfect for snake you know mr porter mm-hmm. yeah. is just like hey mm-hmm. and you know he he has the perfect costume the perfect hair he is the perfect embodiment of that character uh especially if you if you read the, did you read the books ahead of seeing that first movie or did you start reading read, after the first one i had read um sorcerer stone before the first movie i think he even read chamber of secrets before the first movie. okay uh then every every book that came out uh from that point forward i read just before the movie okay um uh and uh and then i i did something i'd never done before with deathly hallows uh i bought the book the the, the next day that it came out after the midnight where mm-hmm. everybody i remember going i was on the bus in new york when the deathly hallows came out and we were going past the barnes and noble you know that i would always go by and there's like this fucking huge line (laughs) watching that was the biggest book uh release maybe of my lifetime Mm -hmm. i think yeah it was a big deal and yeah. uh, I remember going, eh, I'll go and check tomorrow and see if there's any copies. <laughs> and I went in, I walked in, there was like a million books there, I picked one up, <laughs> went in there, got it. And then I read it, I guess, in the next week or so. Yeah. And uh, because it's just one of those, I think, I think it's one of those books that just, someone's going to just say some stupid shit someday. And it's just because you're going to hear it now it's on Twitter. Um, but um so yeah um uh so the so the first one yeah did it and then in the chamber of secrets uh it follows it's it you know it's 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 christopher columbus again mm-hmm. uh we're continuing the story um uh what do we want to say about chamber of secrets sucks <clears throat> i'm sorry um <laughs> i just wanted to say something cutesy there what i have always admired about the books separating that from the author and the movies don't have this risk really because they the books were already a massive hit is how much gratification is delayed like like Voldemort doesn't show up until the fourth fucking movie mm-hmm. and doesn't fight anybody until the fifth fucking movie mm-hmm. but he's mentioned in the first movie yeah and it's kind of ballsy like uh well George Lucas right because he had this Darth Vader who's his big bad but if the first movie flops then Darth Vader's never going to be a big bad mm-hmm. right like the Death Star itself is the—I mean, I guess he's kind of the big bad in the, at the end of that movie, but it's not—you know—to tease a villain, but not all of it, and just have the patience. Well, and mm-hmm. the, I will say, you—you you are right. He's mentioned. He does make an appearance in the first movie. It's just as a 
at the back of that guy's head. Back of that guy's head. He's a phantasm of some sort or whatever. I don't know what the fuck you would call him. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those things. He's a quado. Yeah, he's a quado. He's a quado. <laughs> he really is a quado. He really is. Um, uh, you know the that was it. Uh, Quirrell is the defense uh-huh. of the dark arts teacher. Uh, you know, is is sort of hosting him, uh, yeah. basically. And and then in the second one in Chamber of Secrets, he's another. He's like kid he, version of himself. Yeah, right? it's like Tom Riddle or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so he's he's appearing because he's only appearing as these type of things because he's not powerful enough, which yeah. I'll never understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like you, you came back from the dead and now there's a process. Where you, <laughs> there is a process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a strengthening. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Voldemort, the strengthening. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so the second one is is this is the one with with Kenneth Branagh, friend of the show. Yes, yes, friend of the show. The dim-witted defense against the dark arts teacher. That's right. And this is the one with the sword and the giant snake and saving my future wife. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. All right. That's exactly I right. I just want to make sure I'm in the right mood. <laughs> this is the first appearance of Dobby the house elf, which I don't know. You saw this recently. I remember being really great effects, like on par with Gollum at the time. Seriously, uh, that was one thing that I noted from the watch of the first movie was that the effects hold up. Yeah. If you like, like this is we're getting into an era where if a movie with a huge budget got made with some effects or whatever, there's not really much you can uh, pick at. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some I mean. We pick on effects all the time because there are some a lot of shitty effects. But if a movie like this, movie like this usually has the money to do it exactly right. Yeah, Harry Potter does that. Like the the especially in Chamber of Secrets when they're getting attacked by that tree in the car, mm-hmm. it looks amazing. Yeah. Well, this is ILM, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But but in two thousand one, if you look back at something twenty years ago, like nineteen eighty one or whatever, and saw <laughs> the effects, you'd be like. Yeah, we've come a long way. What I think you're saying is that the effects in Harry Potter, uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, are better than the effects in She's All That. Yes. Yes, yes, correct. Same era. Yeah, yeah. They somehow made Rachel Lee Cook beautiful at the end of that movie when she was so hideous hideous. at the beginning. It was the glasses. It was the glasses and and the art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. The hacky sack performance art. I can't stop. I can't stop. There's so much pressure. A hacky sack. Freddie Prince Jr., who I've conversed with on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, one thing that's great about this first movie and the second movie is is the world building is really good yep. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting yourself in, acclimated to that world. I mean, yeah, it's it's your usual walk and talk type of shit, you know, because Hagrid's taking uh, Harry through the you know the diagon alley and everything, and it's like here are all these cool things that are going to kind of show up later on. The Nimbus Two Thousand. Mm-hmm. Why are we excited about a broom? I don't know, but it's the Nimbus <laughs> Two Thousand, and uh, and the the way he the way the wand chews uses the the person that's going to wield it and everything and and it has this whole thing john hurt is like you know like ah, i wonder you know because he's gone through two wands and they they, they were bullshit and he goes <laughs> and he goes in the back room like there's a like a bunch of sh- like you know you're at a fucking footlocker yeah, yeah 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 and, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me check in the back let me check in the back see what i got but seven and a half right <laughs> That's 
awesome. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right. And he picks up this box and he's like, uh, you know, try this. And the wind blows through Harry's hair and everything. <laughs> he's like, ooh, uh, that's amazing or whatever. He's like, he's like the one that made this, the, the the phoenix that made this had two feathers. One went to one guy and one's going to you. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. By the way, the other one was Voldemort. Oh, oh. Bum, bum, There's oh. all that connection between Voldemort and Harry. What is it? Super, it's like it's, it's, it's super mysterious, man. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is it? It's a scar on his head, right? Something's going on with that scar. We got to mm-hmm. figure that out. There's a lot of really cool fucking things in that diagonal yeah. alley thing and it br- builds up that world really well um and of course at the beginning at the very beginning i remember because this is one of one of the favorite my favorite chapters i've ever read is the first chapter of the first harry potter book mm-hmm. and a, a terrible ex-girlfriend who was my current girlfriend at the time that turned me on to it mm-hmm. uh and turned me on hey all that's right. right um and I was like, ah, this is for kids. This is a young adult novel or whatever. I was absolutely hooked with mm-hmm. that first chapter. And the same goes for for the first scene in, in the first movie where McGonagall and uh, I guess it's Hagrid and Dumbledore are meeting outside of Harry's place mm-hmm. uh, after you see, you know, James and Lily killed by Voldemort. Although I guess, I guess you don't see that. Um, in the in the first scene, right? No, it's later on. But you see like a flash, and you don't really know there, what's going on. I can't remember who it is that that starts telling them the story. It's either it's either Ollivander or it's Hagrid later that yeah. tells him what happened, and then you see a flashback of of uh, all that. But we don't know at the time what she what uh, Harry's mom did right. to make it happen. You just think that he is some somehow special in some way that's how the the the, the child who lived that's right there's something about this throughout the whole the books until they get to those explanations i think that's one thing that jk rowling did really well too was building up a mythology mm-hmm. and then showing you some of the bad stuff that's built on that mythology yeah a lot of times uh you know uh his you know they, they're in later books and later movies as well they show how 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 kind of a shitty person Harry's dad was, yep. mm-hmm. uh, and he was shitty to Snape and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and all that. So I like that type of stuff when when it's you know it builds up this kind of thing like oh man he must be really special he must have had some some so he's he's like this new child that's been born that has this amazing magical ability and everything. And it's really not that yeah. by the time it gets to the end. But plus uh, he's rich. He's rich as fuck. He is rich as fuck. Mm-hmm. And and the Weasleys are Poe, mm-hmm. and Hermione's just kind of middle class. Yeah, and never see her. We see her parents at the 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 point that they make everybody forget. Uh, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. But we don't yeah. see them before yeah. then. Yeah. They're muggles. They're dirty muggles. We don't care about them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I now Chamber of Secrets is is sort of like it's like a true sequel, right? Like it's. It's got the same kind of structure. Like, well, there's this evil thing going on. We got to figure out what it is. We got to solve puzzles. We got to do this. We got to sneak around the castle and make sure that asshole doesn't see us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is where they first use the polyjuice. Yes, right? where uh, Harry and uh, and Ron become uh, crab and goyle. Crab and goyle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, I'm one of the many things that you know is. We were talking about this before. 
Why don't they use this shit later on? <laughs> like well, they the, use it once, they use it later on, but they, they, they should use it all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, except that didn't it turn Hermione into a kitty cat or some bullshit? It's dangerous. Oh, it did. Be careful. There was well, there was one point where it changed her <laughs> into a thing for a while, and then she and, didn't come out of the bathroom because she was a cat, right? Or whatever. Yeah. But uh, happens to me all that's the time. That's the that's the thing that movies and books and everything do, right? They introduce something, and because like. There's one weird side effect that obviously we shouldn't even worry about that much happens. They're like, we better not do that again. <laughs> well, in this series is uh, notorious. We're gonna get, we're gonna get into the time turner and other shit mm -hmm. as we move forward. But uh, almost every one of these movies has something like that in it mm -hmm. that they could have used every adventure out, but they just didn't. Mm -hmm. Well, and the uh, the Marauders map I think was in the first one, right? the the I one think, where it shows the map of uh hogwarts i think not, that's the second it, one. it's either i think it's the second one because the first one is the invisibility cloak okay he keeps it's just like a video game he keeps collecting right. items yeah. right yeah. that yeah. he can use later on and and there's a pretty cool suspenseful scene in that with the invisibility cloak because harry happens upon uh snape uh arguing with quirrell in one of the hallways oh that's right and and it, he moves by and snape is like what was that yeah and he of course snape being snape knows that there's all sorts of things that it could be sure and he reaches out and and harry's just backing up slightly <laughs> out of the way as he reaches and everything um uh that's what we keep going back to the first one but the first one you know it's there, there's all these things that keep happening with snape where it's like he's a bad guy watch out for that guy he's a bad guy of course by the end of the first one it's proven that he's not he's right he's he's actually helpful but he's also not going to kiss anybody's ass yeah he's still a bastard man mm -hmm. like he's he's the head of slytherin right yep and uh he's an asshole in class like all the way through the series mm -hmm. uh <laughs> he's an asshole to, to harry because he associates him with his father, the, uh, who was a dick to him. The first, the first day of class, he's like, Harry Potter, do you know what goes into this potion? The first day of class! <laughs> and and uh, he's like, ah, uh, it shows that fame isn't everything. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, he's such a dick. Fucking um, Snape. I know, he's such a dick. Uh, um, hope he gets his. Yeah, right. I hope he, get, hope he gets thrown out of a building. Um, that's actually Dumbledore that gets thrown out of a building. Well, um, the actor who played Snape got thrown out of a building. That's, that's true. true. That's yeah. true. Hey, you know what? You can cut all that because he got because <laughs> he got thrown out of the building in Die Hard. That was his come up. Um, I think we did an outtake by the way when Dumbledore dies, oh, and we did we that. Did. Dun, dun, oh, nice. Dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like we've said enough about Chamber of Secrets, but I don't remember that movie. Yeah, well. let's move on. The first two, are... it's it's the the basilisk. the The basilisk will come into play later on. The fang and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's where he. You basically summarize the movie. He saves his future wife, Dobby. Yeah, things Kenneth Branagh. He fangs the diary. Yeah, fangs the fuck Steve out of that snake. Diary. Go dead. <laughs> he finger fangs it. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember. I can't. I always remember Sean Hattasi in one of those, one of those uh, raunch comedies, saying, calling it stink finger. Yeah. Instead of, instead of, 
stick finger. Is it outside Providence? It's outside Providence. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus, that's a Fairly Brothers joint, right? Yeah, it is. They pro- they produced it, I think. I don't think they. Peter Fairley wrote it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good book. Um, but yeah, what is it? Uh, what is that? Alec Baldwin keep calling him Dildo. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, oh, what are you doing, Dildo? Mm-hmm. That's his first like New England. Uh, you know this movie like, better than I think anyone. Right. I've read the book and oh, that, seen the movie a few times. All right. But I'm right about the stink finger, yes, right? Yes, yes. Prisoner of Azkaban is the time travel one. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron uh, directs this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe when this movie was being made, because remember, the first couple of books are very, very thin. Uh, not, I mean, they're 200 Relatively, pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is, I think, a 500-page uh, thing maybe 400 uh because it gets bigger and bigger as it goes along so it's like four or five hundred um and uh and quaron uh said i think we should split this into two because there's so many things that we're not going to be able to put in mm. um this is actually after kill bill has done this uh i believe but it's it's becoming a discussion about splitting things into two and we start seeing that a lot yeah uh, after this um but uh, prisoner of azkaban uh, uh gives us uh gary oldman mm. yep. uh, which is uh, mm. he is fantastic a serious black uh in this uh david thewlis uh is in this one as what well a great character remus lupin mm-hmm. oh, i love it yeah. yeah he gets introduced on the the train ride with the it's the first uh dementors yeah uh a reference it's the first time we've really heard about azkaban uh, certainly anyone, uh, you know, escaping it. Or mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, the Patronus, the birth of the Patronus charm. Well, yep. I like the, the little deer that yeah, prances around that, that does whatever you need it to in the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about it is that it, it basically plays you. If you, if you're like me and you didn't read the books, you aren't sure about Sirius Black. The movie tries very hard to make you question him and think maybe he's not a good guy. And then it kind of flips on the end. And of course, by the next movie he's like the most loving god uncle you've ever met in your life uh but there's question about him uh and i liked that it created this intrigue whereas most of the characters are pretty straight well and he come mm-hmm. the, the the way rolling and and the movie uh, uh does it is that he is a part of this family who doesn't like non-pure blood uh people so like he's a part of this you know uh who's it uh the helena bonham carter plays bellatrix uh, lestrange yeah he's a part of that family right mm-hmm. and um and uh that's where you get that doubt because why was he able to 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 get through that without you know being that way and everything but uh he yeah he definitely becomes a hero uh figure in this um the time turner thing is I have twisted myself in knots <laughs> uh, on this one because I've always felt like the way it works, the idea that you can't run into yourself. I'm not going to get into the time travel, okay? Mm. I, 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 there's just too much bullshit. But the way it's described to have worked and everything, and it, you know, you go back the one time and you take this. You know, this is what Hermione's doing. She's using it to take classes. 
she takes the one class and then she tur- she turns it back and takes another class so that she's in two right. places at the same time. Where'd she Which come from? That gotta be the dumbest fucking use of time travel ever. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, also I, <laughs> I want to learn more. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Let's yeah. go back in time. Yeah. Let's see some wars <laughs> and yeah. Babylon and shit. Babylon. I want to learn geometry. <laughs> yeah. In addition to algebra. It, this is and then this is probably stuff I already know anyway yeah, because I'm shit. Hermione. Uh, 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 but I've always felt the way that it worked. It, it, I feel like you could still run into yourself. Oh, uh, of course, yeah, absolutely. And and, and and well, then somebody would say, "Well, why didn't you run into yourself the first time?" I don't feel like that's the way it works. I, like the way it was described to me in the thing. Like if you took it the one time, you are independent of that, and then the second time you do it, you you know where you're going to be. Yeah. In the second time, and that's yeah. why they hide and all that stuff with the buckbeak. Right. Stuff. And uh, so buckbeak. the mm-hmm, the uh, but anyway, uh, that the the time turner stuff is interesting and amusing in this because they t- they go through this one thing at one point. You know, something like Harry gets hit with a rock, and he's like, "What the fuck is this all about?" Yeah. And uh, they even say that in the movie. What the fuck <laughs> what was the that? Fucking <laughs> shit! <laughs> fucking fucking rocks to me. <laughs> and then, and then later, not knowing that they were the, those people, that they were responsible for all the weird stuff that you saw. That is neat. It's very cool. And I even think the payoff is neat because he's been he's he's frustratingly convinced the Patronus he saw was his dad. Yeah. Know? To an annoying degree, but that, <laughs> but that pays off at the end when he and you realize it's fucking him. It was yeah. him the whole time. Yeah. I love the way this movie pays that off. I hate all the time travel shit. Mm. I hate how much of this movie rests on somebody turning their head the wrong direction at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I love the payoff, uh, and it's the first Harry Potter movie that gave me emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it holds a special. It's place also fucking beautiful to watch. It is. Uh, Alfonso's got the eye. He does, man. Uh, you know, and and much like Columbus was probably picked because of the he, he did the a little princess, and that was. Mm-hmm. I, I will once again recommend a little princess to yeah, you guys. It yeah. sounds sounds like a, a children's girly movie, but you need to watch this mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't. Um, uh, I, yeah, I really like this. I mean, there's some things in there that, uh, you know, the fans would be upset about. They cut because the book is so big and everything, but you know, I, I watched this movie right, right after reading it. And I was like, not sitting there going, Oh, but they didn't have that part. I mean, if anything, the movie's too long. Mm-hmm. Like by the time they're, it's two twenty. by the time they're going through it, the, the finale, the first time you're like, Oh, they're going to do all this again. Like, yeah. this is not the end yet. Well, I mean, okay, so this is a lot of people. I don't know if most people, but a lot of people point to this as the best one of the series. Um, it's up there. It's it's up there, but I have one that I still think. I agree. And uh, having watched this again fairly recently, you remember the beginning of this movie? Where like Aunt Petunia comes over and he blows her up and then he wanders yeah. off and then there's the always got to be the comedy thing at the beginning because Harry lives with awful awful people. By the way, that's another fucking thing. We took this to task in the Sims video too. By the way, it's like all right, I understand <laughs> you have a gone baby gone situation, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but it's 
if you Dumbledore's apply, has, if you, has this moment where he's if like, if you apply my God may be God perspective to this situation, I'm on the wrong side, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. We're here to say things that make you uncomfortable, Jeremy. <laughs> they find this kid who has just been saved, and then they're like, they're going to take it to these awful fucking people yeah. who have no way of being able to to put him in the right uh, culture for magic and everything. Of course, you know, in the first movie, you know, they're trying to send a million fucking letters to him and, and uh, Papa Dursley is always like ripping them up and, he is, and he's, he's under the fucking stairs. Yeah. And he lives under the stairs. God damn it. Like they're abusing this poor child. Yeah. That's a straight up abuse. God yeah. Damn it. And so like, I'm just sitting there going, they don't want him. Why didn't they just find a magical family? Have them stay with the fucking Weasleys. They've got nine kids anyway. Right. right. It's, yeah. it's silly to me that she couldn't come up with some law. Like, that she had to default to human law here. Because this is what would happen with humanity. If there's a family that is next of kin, that's who the authorities would leave the child with. Yeah. Honestly, it's just dumb. It's just really dumb. It and is. I think it's a cheap way to build sympathy for harry as from a writing perspective Mm -hmm. um it's just you know how do you how are you going to not like the character who's being abused and having to live under the stairs you're already in his corner by the third chapter you can see them doing this in the first movie up until he's 11 years old then hagrid gets him whisked away if he can live seven months out of the year at the school he can live the other five yeah just study do some summer school or something like that Take time, go There's take a time a, turner and do more school. This yeah. is this, this really honestly is the one thing I think J.K. Rowling didn't think out the best. Like all the different. You know, it, we're in a world of magic, yet there's all these weird problems that pro, that crop up that don't really need to at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Harry living with these awful people. Uh, there's just uh, you know, and then like every time it seems like every time she would answer that question in the books it was always unsatisfying like uh like what was it about hogwarts you couldn't do it if you weren't 15 or something you couldn't stay at the place oh yeah or or either you couldn't stay there ever uh during the off season or uh uh you had to be a certain age and of Mm. course you had to be five books in before he could actually do that right. by the time five books goes by though he is out of that house i believe yeah. like about five he's staying with the weasleys yeah, yeah yeah uh so yeah it, it was never satisfying i think jeremy's right this was a way to get you to be like but this kid's special why is he here why is he with these people and everything they're so awful and everything and it's supposed to make you dr- drum up sympathy for a kid who you know, maybe you wouldn't, she couldn't have otherwise. A kid who, honestly, let's face it, has nothing to offer. Mm. This is not a hero. He's just, he's just a white sheet of paper walking through his life <laughs> while teachers and Hermione's and Weasley kin save the day constantly. He's a hero. He's the got heroic thing- tendencies. He's got magic. I'm just saying he's useless. He's useless. <laughs> he's a useless wizard until the very end when all he asked, is asked to do is just fucking die. Just submit yourself. Well, it, And that's how he becomes I, powerful. I think he does become heroic, though. I think he does eventually lead to people because it's... He does in the two movies away from now. Right. But in terms of saving the day with magic at the end of a movie, he almost never does. 
It's always somebody else. The second movie, he stabs the book after he's been fucking poisoned by the 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 basilisk. Well, if I had, if I knew the second movie better, I'd have a crushing reply. But about- he would be he would also be dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would also be dead if it weren't for the fucking bird of a, a Deus es Burdica. Yeah, yeah right. the phoenix sent yeah, from yeah, yeah. God in heaven. To come save the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Harry's always lucking his ass out of the shit. He is. He is. At yes. the same time, like that was another thing is that is that both Harry and Ron are learning nothing in their classes. Like, <laughs> no, they're not. They're always fucking talking. They're fucking <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. I mean, they go to classes, and you're like, what? Will you show some other than the Boggart stuff later on? Yeah. Can you just show me something that you've learned that you know by memory at this point? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's the Lumos and the little, like, easy ones and everything like that. But it just seems like they never really learn anything in those classes. And and, and, and we talked about it before in the Sins videos. The Is this just Latin class, really? Like, in yeah. disguise? Yeah. Because... Just point and say something Say the Latin. right thing. <laughs> you know, like, and it never makes any sense why some of these kids aren't successful. Like they're like the the very time the very first time they do the uh, Le, um, Leviosa charm or whatever the fuck it is, uh, you know, it's Ron says it in a weird way, and Hermione like goes back and like it's Leviosa, not yeah. Leviosa. <laughs> and uh, and but there's all these people you can hear them saying the right thing, and their feathers not moving up. Yeah. No. Yeah, and you gotta like, want it. It's but like not presented as yeah. both science and talent. Right. Like, you can follow the recipe, but you could still fuck it up mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you don't have the pure talent, apparently. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This uh, Prisoner of Azkaban also introduces us to Emma Thompson as Trelawney. I think right? so. Uh, the the soothsayer that... Yeah. I can never really figure out her character because she does have some gifts, but then she doesn't. I don't need her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, she gets that that portentous like you have the grim. Yeah, and it's like, and then the scene ends, and it's them walking out of class, and and uh, and uh, Ron's like, oh, "Hey, you've got the grim." Like, what happened the rest of that class? Yeah, yeah. Did, 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 did everybody just sit there in silence for the yeah, rest of the something, class? That's something and then that, all of a sudden they walk out. That's something that movies do all the goddamn time. <laughs> You're just like, "What? Wait a minute! How the rest of that go?" <laughs> They, they, they were in there for another 30 minutes and whatever. yeah yeah i agree jeremy she's a worthless character to me and she and, is uh uh i don't understand how this is and, and you know hogwarts itself i don't understand how they keep doing this shit where it's like we're gonna hire the defense of the dark arts we're gonna hire this vain motherfucker here <laughs> who obviously doesn't know his shit at all and he's going to be the teacher of the defense. He's going to Dumbledore. You think is smarter than that, but apparently he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's playing a four degree chess the whole time. <laughs> yeah. and he's manipulating things to. I, he must. He's I don't think, it. Well, you know the other ones like Lupin, even though he's a werewolf, which is this movie. Uh, you know, Moody and stuff like that. Although he should have been able to figure out the Moody situation too, but like. Everything kind of makes sense, except for Lockhart. Mm-hmm. In fact, Lockhart doesn't come back ever again in the series, right? Well, he like goes so. cuckoo, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's at the very end of the mo- of this movie. He's shown in a, in a straitjacket. Yeah, straitjacket. Okay, so yeah. So why? <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe to attract people, but like everybody wants to go to fucking Hogwarts anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. It's like. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's Go like ahead. the Harvard of all the magic schools. That's it really right. is. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. What I like is that they wait four whole movies to tell you there's more than one magic school. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But the last thing about uh, Prisoner of Azkaban that I wanted to say is that what, going back and watching it, you, there's no bigger Quran fan than I am, but like, love this movie i i like it a lot there are a few one shots the quran special mm-hmm. uh when uh when mr weasley is telling harry about sirius being on the hunt for him mm-hmm. there's a nice little like probably five minute uh uh congruous uh congruent shot uh that's very cool but like it, otherwise it's kind of a harry potter movie with a steampunk beginning yeah that has the weird like jamaican guy on the 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 little shrunken head that's hanging off the mm-hmm. front of it yeah and it's just it's everybody's hair's all blowed out mm-hmm. like it's all i don't know this is also the one where uh uh ron's rat scabbers uh, we mm-hmm. find out is a is a secret agent of voldemort that's timothy right. spall timothy spall uh, i like me some timothy spall man. yeah this is a whole this is a whole shape-shifting kind of movie like everybody in this is a something you know yeah because well and and they do listen this is set up very well i don't know who did the screenplay but uh the, the first one of the first things is the difference between a werewolf and an animagus mm-hmm. or animagus or whatever it is mm-hmm. And you find out that Lupin is a werewolf and Sirius is an animagus and so is Pettigrew. Uh, Pettigrew's a big old bastard. He's a little, he's a Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking. I always thought that was a dumbass fucking name for yeah. that. Steve Cloves wrote the screenplay for this and I think he wrote most of them, if not okay. all of them, um, uh, for the movies. The next one is the most absurd one. It's also the, <laughs> uh, the, the sort of the, the turn of the story basically into something that is completely dark at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goblet of fire is the tri wizard tournament, uh, where, yeah, as you were talking about, there are now other schools we didn't even know about. There's one from <laughs> France. There's one from Denmark. But I the think. French one only has beautiful girls <laughs> and the <laughs> Russian one only has burly men. Yes. It's yes. Like, burly what the fuck? Why yeah. are there no French male wizards? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, What's going it's on? It's Eastern Europe. The Durmstrong. The is Durmstrong. The, uh, Institute uh, where uh, Grindelwald went to mm. back when he was a, a young lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's that? Johnny Depp. I know. I just wanted to point out that there was a dumb... Hey, don't you mean Grindenwald? <laughs> yes, Grindenwald, which we probably said a f- 400 times in that <laughs> mini Um The Goblet of Fire is the most absurd, though, because it's, it's you know, they put the, these very strict rules about putting your name in the Goblet of Fire uh, to be a, an, a, you know, a, a contestant in this. And uh, Robert Pattinson, R. R- Pats, is the, right. uh, is the guy who throws it in, and he's accepted. Uh, she from, digs. That's right from the uh, from the uh, Hogwarts school, and then some asshole puts Harry's name in the cup, and it accepts it, and that makes it more than three people competing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the thing. It's a quad wizard trophy. Yeah, it's cup. a quad wizard. And they are like, well, the cup said Harry has to play. Man, so. a, these people put a lot of trust in inanimate objects. Uh, they really uh, do. Uh, sorting either, hat. Yeah, it was. The exactly. Triwizard Cup. That also holds the sword of Gryffindor. Anyway, but what I have said this before, but the fact that they start this movie at the World Cup of Quidditch. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Victor. Crumb. 
Crumb yes, yep. is the lead fucking dude. <laughs> yeah. This movie's not bad, by the way. It's Mike Newell who did Donnie Brasco, one of our faves. Mm-hmm. I think wedding this and a movie's funeral. bad. Uh, I don't think it's bad. I think it's great to look at, but you're right. The story falls apart. But yeah, so this dude that's playing professionally right. in the fucking World Cup right. is also a student yeah. at this fucking Never institute. explained. Never well, explained. He was dating is... fucking Hermione. He was like 13 at this yeah, point. Not other, right. There's a couple other magic uh, gizmos that are used in this film that disappear mostly forever, like the port key boot and the <laughs> magic tent that when you go inside is 10,000 square feet. Like... You could I fucking cure homelessness That's with this true. goddamn yeah. spell. Yeah. And instead, we're making big tents. Right. Yeah, big tents for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. so the, also we seeking tailgate at the fucking... <laughs> and if, listen, if there are this many magic people at the Magic World Cup, there's got to be 300,000 spectators in yes. that stadium. They need more than three goddamn schools. That's yeah, true. You're probably that right. scene alone suggests there's way more magic people in the world than any the, other the, scene suggests. The census at Hogwarts can't be more than... Couple hundred, yeah, three hundred maybe. That dining hall doesn't sit more than three or four, and that's the whole school, that's right? The whole school. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there's like twelve hundred magic students. Unless Durmstrong has like fifteen thousand students, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the explanation. There's some Harry Potter person on the typing on the thing right now. You don't know how large Durmstrong is. They put it inside one of those tents, so it's extra big. This is also the most. It really, honestly, we said this in the video, like. How many problems are in the world that they could just solve yeah. uh, with this? And yeah, again, we're putting it, we're making a tent big so that we can enjoy a game. Um, <laughs> so the whole Weasley family can fit in there. Yeah. But this also has the most absurd Voldemort plot in it as well. Uh, the whole idea is, is that they, I'm going to try to reconstruct this yep. because it's too fucking insane. Yep. Yeah. They want Harry Potter in the tournament. Uh, expecting him to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. First off, he has to win the tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's going up against three people who are much older and more experienced. Everything they whatever. The chances of him winning the tournament are nil, nearly nil. Mm. I would think. Uh, by some providence, he's able to touch that. Uh, now that's a port key that he touches mm-hmm. when he touches the trophy or whatever. Uh, and it takes him to this other place where Voldemort has finally gotten to the point where, you know, he's... He looks like Ray Fiennes. He looks like Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then and then he wants to kill Harry Potter there. But it's like, how many things have to go right for this to work? Like, you had you have a guy... I think it's Brendan Gleeson in this mm-hmm. one, right? Mm-hmm. That's Mad-Eye Moody. He, Mad-Eye Moody. You have him in this as the new Defense of the Dark Arts teacher. You have him, you could get him to kidnap him at any time if you wanted to. That's true. He does rig the stuff to to help Harry win, but there's no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how is he? I think he rigged the first one to where he'd find the egg. He doesn't rig enough because yeah, of course, because the the underwater thing where they're supposed to save somebody they love or whatever the fuck it is. The, the uh, it's Arpats that comes to him and yes. says, "Here's how you do. Here's what I've been thinking." Or actually, it was the the egg or whatever where he yeah, has to go right. in the tub with uh, uh, Moaning Myrtle who looks at his junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another important scene. Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Moaning Myrtle, who is I think thirty something years old, but looks like she's fifteen. The actress is. Yeah. Mm. So that's yeah. We were having this conversation before about mm. people saying that. You know these care these actors are way too old to be playing this. Th- no, they were almost the exact same age mm-hmm. as the characters they were playing. Yep. 
with probably that only exception or the very few exceptions. Yeah, it, it gets it, like they start to get like a year or two older than they are supposed to be by the last three movies. But uh, fucking epic movie, man. <laughs> fucking funny people. Fucking funny people. Yeah, I know, right? But yeah, it's an absurd, absurd uh, plan that Voldemort has in this to get Harry when there are so many other ways to get him. Uh, that don't don't require fucking with this goblet of fire <laughs> and 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 fucking with the whole triwizard tournament and all this other stuff and it's what's fu- what's funny to me is that every opening dinner dumbledore comes out and makes this giant fucking announcement mm-hmm. that everybody should know everybody should know that the fucking triwizard cup is this year mm-hmm. right but nobody fucking mentions it until he gets out there and is like, by the way, yeah. there's Mad-Eye Moody, welcome, and <laughs> we have this inter-school cup that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. It will consume everybody's interest this entire semester, well, yeah. even or if the they, whole year, actually. Even if somebody like Harry doesn't know about it, his buddy Ron would certainly know about Hermione it. Hermione would know. Ron has all these brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and people in the Ministry of Magic and everything you would think he would have been like triwizard tournament's coming this year harry and he'd be like yeah oh that's exciting but it's seriously an oh by the way yeah 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 it really is it's introduced the new teacher and then fucking here you go mm-hmm. well fucking here you go also they i mean this is every movie they endanger these children's lives drastically but the dragon thing here like how easily the dragon just gets away when harry's fighting him, yep. and then fucking chases him yep and they're over destroying the roof of the school and dumbledore's just back at the stadium with everybody else going to yo this this happens all the fucking time in the in prisoner of azkaban he goes up to get the fucking snitch in that quidditch match not even like he's just going to get the snitch dementors Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dementors all over the place, mm-hmm. and later on they're like, "Oh, Dumbledore was furious about that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well then, yeah, that'll learn him. Well, as long well, as he's furious. <laughs> um, right. Well, you know, and and it, and it becomes it becomes uh, it gets to the point where you see scenes like that, you know, like destroying things, or they're putting people in danger, or whatever. But and, and and nobody really takes it that seriously because there's magic in the world and they can fix almost everything. Yeah. People nearly die and they fix them. They like uh, just there's there. It feels like there's really no stakes until the movie says, oh, well, that person's dead. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time you've had kids petrified. You've had kids soul sucked. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've had kids. Yeah. But this is the first time a. a a character literally dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Arpats. He gets he gets all cadavered. Yes, yes, he does. Adama yeah. Kadavadavad. Yeah. Uh, leading us to Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Woohoo! The best of the bunch. Which absolutely, I believe. I, and now I am talking out of my ass here. All right. I believe the book is not looked at as one of the best. Uh, oh, interesting. Of the series. Uh, I and and I and I read the book and I also did not think it was that good of a uh, of a book in the series. However, the movie is fucking awesome. Fucking mm. rad. It's mm. an action movie. Mm. It's so well paced. Mm. It introduces Bellatrix Lestrange. Mm-hmm. It introduces the order. So mm. now you've got 
right now, before now, it's been like a little kind of piecemeal, right? There's a there's a good guy that comes in, and maybe he's not the good guy. Mad Eye is not the good guy at the end of it. it the good Mad Eye is in a box. Mm. Uh, the and like you know, you've got a few few people that are that are okay. Remus Lupin, but he's out doing werewolf shit. Mm-hmm. Now you got your your serious black. You got your Lupin. You got your Tonks. You got your uh, shackle bolt. Uh, you got you got a a thing that can start going up against these guys, mm-hmm. and I love it. The reason this is the best movie is the final twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. um, because after four movies, we finally get to watch a magic fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like at least Star Wars gave us a lightsaber fight in the first film. Yeah, but this is like <clears throat> finally getting to see, and it's 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 not just Voldemort and Dumbledore, although that is the chef's kiss of the whole thing. Yeah. But it's that fight leading up to it where we've got students and then the order shows up and the bell trick the strange that, shows up. No, doom, when the order shows up, that's fucking red. What's funny is that they've got, it's like a gun. They've got all the students at one point. Yeah. Yeah. At one point. <laughs> well, and it's also... <laughs> they really need to do they, 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 they just flick their wrists the entire scene to make magic happen. And then at the end, she goes, whatever. Like, why do you... Why do some spells need words? Why do some spells just flick? How does the... How does, how does it fucking work? I don't care. This it, scene is amazing. It's in the books. <laughs> the, the way that it is done... I don't. I I haven't like sat down and uh, studied it. I think I think if you frame by framed it, you would figure out what he does with this shooting it and editing it and everything. But there's something to that. The music I think goes out. Mm. He she says Avada Kedavra and the music goes out. Then you ha- that that music going out sucks you down a little bit because you're like, whoa, why did the music go down? It hits serious black, and then you know it's fucking serious at that point like you know that uh you know that he's gonna die hmm. and th- there's something about that because it's in the middle of this chaos yeah. and then she's like i've got a cop you know and it's just like boom <laughs> yep and because and- he has just disarmed lucius i think mm-hmm. uh and basically everything is cool like they've pretty much won and then that and i if i remember correctly it's not like he's got this grimace on his face he almost has like a smile on his face and you're like huh and then all of a sudden he goes to the through the 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 portal, the mm-hmm. Stargate. Yeah, the Stargate. Yeah, yeah totally. Stargate. <laughs> oh uh, man! But then Voldemort comes out, and Dumbledore keeps throwing Harry behind because Harry's not ready. And it's a big fucking orgasm of awesome. Mm-hmm. And the glass, and and the shield, and then the turning well, it into sand. Into a giant fire dragon head. And I've always said this before, but it cuts back to uh, Ray Fiennes going, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Oh, it's that, so that good. whole set piece is fantastic. Now it's it's predicated on the whole prophecy thing, and that's just kind of bullshit. Yeah. But and I I think the rest of this movie is very very good. But you're right. It, it it's all in service of that last bit. That's mm. that's the fucking money shot. Finally, we've been whacking off for it's not that four good. Movies. When Harry faces Voldemort in the final movie, it's not. It doesn't. 
they don't get back to this level no, ever again nope. in this series. Nope. This is the peak yep. of the Harry Potter movies. This is the start of David Yates directing everything. Yeah, he's he's in it. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious to me that once this movie came out, they were like, "Oh, we'll, we'll just make you do all the of them at this point." What had Yates done before? Practically this, nothing, from what I understand. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, nothing that we've heard of. I'm sure he's done some awesome tv series that you brits understand better than we do but uh, brits. Yeah. the titch born claimant that was his first movie uh-huh. <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know what that is but it sounds british as fuck yeah it does it sounds as british as it can be like somebody was trying to come up with the most british thing ever the titch born claimant uh other than that as far as films go the only other thing he's done besides Harry Potter is The Legend of Tarzan. Oh, wow. With uh, with uh, your boy. Yeah, Christopher Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Christopher Walkins. Christoph Walkins. Then we go on to Harry, Pet Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. This is where Rowling has started to really make things have actual stakes. It's funny how far we've come at this point, right? The first... Co the first couple of movies were like i were saying they were they're your disney sunday night movies at this point Fa mm -hmm. family friendly type of stuff of course by the time Her half blood prince comes out everybody who grew up with harry potter is now like a young adult or they're you know, even older which is weird because this movie's the only one rated pg um since half blood prince from what i've read we're, we're talking about half blood prince no, I'm sorry. Since Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, uh, is Half-Blood Prince PG? Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. I thought it was PG-13. According to my research. Um, in the laboratory. Because, you know, the uh, actual book that this is based on has some very R-rated um, violence in it that they toned yeah, down. That they toned down. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, this is where, you know... Uh, Snape finally does become Defense of the Dark Arts uh, teacher. He's been wanting it for all this t all this time. And if you're a regular reader of Harry Potter books, you know that it's a cursed position. So uh, uh, something's going to happen with Snape. We don't mm -hmm. know what. Um, and uh, and uh, it builds this really good backstory for not only Snape and how he grew up and and everything. That we alluded to this earlier with uh, James Potter uh was uh was really mean to him and everything he was in love with Li uh, lily potter uh but they just end up being good friends um uh, but the the whole thing is set up to the point where we've we've had our doubts about snape but he keeps coming through for harry but now finally it seems like he really is working with voldemort he really is uh he really is as bad as we think he is he just needed to you know he's just been He's been putting on a show for everybody that he might be good. Right. Um, Don't we even see him in a meeting with all the evil people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. There's a, there's, I don't know, I don't know if somebody, does, does Harry witness it? He, some, I think he has a vision. Oh, of when it. he's doing the brain the snake thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. he's he's in Nagini or whatever. I think so. I think that's how it goes. I think that's how it works. Uh, I haven't seen Apple of Prince in forever, but, um, but everything leading up to that is is this this idea that maybe he's not he maybe he's uh with voldemort this whole time and like it leads to him pushing dumbledore off that uh that structure 
Does he zap him or does he push him? I think he zaps him. I think he zaps yeah, he him. he kills him. He does the cavadra. Yeah. Uh, because Draco is being groomed to do that, mm-hmm. right? And he can't. He can't pull. He doesn't do and it. And this sets up, you know, this is very nice foresight because Draco, it's, it's a very good performance with uh, Tom Felton because you can see him get all emaciated and like sickly looking because this is actually wearing on him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's being asked to kill one of the greatest wizards ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and eventually, you know, he gets to where he can't do it. But before he can't do it, he does disarm Dumbledore. And if you disarm somebody, that wand is yours. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that plays a part later on. But Snape does pull the trigger, so to speak. Uh, and, and that's a very emotional moment. I mean, I, I didn't really... I had an emotional reaction to the books mm-hmm. because, you know, when you spend that much time with a character reading that many books, you're going to get emotionally attached. Um, but yeah, man, when when you see the Dumbledore, he dead mm-hmm. and you see the reaction to everybody, McGonagall and the, the rest of the staff. And, you know, this is a cataclysmic event and it's not even the end of the series. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, shit. Is this? And, I'm sorry. Go Keep going. Well, I mean, then before that. You've got that wonderful scene with Michael Gambon where he's like, he takes Harry out to get the first Horcrux. This mm, is the first introduction yeah. of the Horcruxes. And uh, he has to drink this liquid to get to the bottom of this thing mm-hmm. to get this Horcrux. And he's like, no matter what I say or how much I beg you, do not let me finish this. Or do not not let me finish yeah. this. And he starts uh, begging. Yeah. And pleading, he's like, no, take this, take this. And Harry's like, you've got to drink it, sir. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And, and he's becoming more like crazy and, and, uh, and sees different, see, is, uh, seeing things basically. Or, well, no, those are real. Like, there's some shit going on. Like, there's some, uh, is he seeing stuff in it? In I think he's to all also that? seeing things, right? right? There's some real things going on. Yeah. Yes. But I think the, the, you know, there's some, there's some things that are, messing with his mind yeah. also during all and his that. hands all getting all fucked up the the horcrux thing i think is brilliant uh yeah the it, it's it's got some annoying things about it but uh the idea of breaking your own soul to to be immortal and everything uh as long as these things are around you'll always live uh you know and is seen as the the sort of the ultimate evil basically right the, the that you would do this to yourself to just stay alive because you just want to do a bunch of fucked up things and everything. Mm-hmm. And he puts all these things in different places and everything. Now, the thing that I guess is kind of bullshit about it is like putting it in all these little places where people still can find them, even if it's a lot of fucked up yeah, shit yeah, that yeah. they have to go through. It's we go all the way back to the first movie and it's like, why, why the three headed dog? Why, the, <laughs> why not send it into space? Your magic. You can right? send that shit up into or, space. Or just don't talk about it. Don't write it about it in your diary. Right. Yeah. Yep. Don't do any of this yep. shit that, that lets people know. So if they, if they want to be Sherlock Holmes about this shit, <laughs> they, they can, they can still find it. Yes. It would be, it, it's fucked up what they have to go through to get to it, but come on. Um, but uh, I love I love the idea of that because it does it does uh, expand uh, where they go other than Hogwarts mm-hmm. and everything. Um, uh, so it is it is fun. The 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 also that I was t- mentioned alluded to the R rated violence that's in the book. The 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 spell that Harry finds in the Half Blood Prince's 
uh, old textbook. Oh, yeah. Uh, it says for enemies on it. And Harry is naive and doesn't think it has, it's just going to be a practical joke of some sort or whatever. And he does it on Draco. And in the book, blood squirts yeah, out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, they, and they have to, and McGonagall and everybody has to come around and like save this dude because he's, he's going to die like within seconds or whatever. And of course, in the, in the movie, it, it's, this, they still does it, but it's PG. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they don't, they don't go too far with it. Um. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Um, this is uh this is okay i like it yeah it's a, it's a, as a movie as a story i really like it but uh as a movie. i mean at this point i was beginning to lose interest i'll be honest and i like it okay yeah i don't have major gripes about it all right i got I plenty of gripes blood about the next prince. one next two mm. not this one mm. yeah, i think i like half blood prince better than you guys then I don't. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but I think I think story wise, it's story wise, it's it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, as uh, Jeremy was talking about, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One is Ugh. piece of shit. Piece of shit, girl. Really? Half movie. Fuck me. Yes, really. Uh, it is a setup. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Deathly, is, Deathly Hallows Part 1 is the beginning of a story, and that's it. It's mm-hmm. all it is. Uh, it's it's a bunch of uh, hormonally challenged teenagers in the mm-hmm. woods mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, uh, Ron has visions of Hermione and Harry fucking. Yeah. Yep. And, and he sees Harry's dick. But he sees Harry's dick. <laughs> he does. That's, talk about our rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're all wearing like the uh, the one ring of Sauron, right? Like they're they're passing around the locket, yeah. Uh, and and they're they're getting progressively, like everybody gets all angry and mm-hmm. irritable, yeah. And then they hand it off to the other. It's a one. metaphor for hormones. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Those hormones are raging, raging. And I think in the book, at some point, don't Harry and uh, Hermione kiss and like kind of test the waters a little bit i think you're bit. right and they realize that that it's They're nothing like, they no, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, i'm not i don't feel nothing um uh i think that's what happens but uh it also sets up this uh i think uh, nonsense um r- romance between ron and hermione like the whole the all the movies you've watched what is it what is it about their relationship that makes you think they got together and had kids later. See, here's what I think. The only thing, the only time anything is ever hinted at, from my knowledge, is in Goblet of Fire when he acts all pissy that she's gone to the dance with yes. with Ivan or whatever the fuck. Um, is it Ivan? It's Victor. not Ivan. Victor. Victor. <laughs> Victor. Ivan. Same thing. Yeah. But I think what happened was Jeez, J.K. Thick. realized people are going to want Harry and Hermione to end up together, so I'm going to throw him a curveball. And in trying to to give us the unexpected, um, she gave us the unwanted. 
<laughs> I think in the I don't in need the Harry ending up with Ginny either. No, now uh, that that to me is a little bit more forced. I would rather see a, a broadcast news ending where Ron and Hermione and mm-hmm. Harry are all friends and they got with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could dig that because Harry was into Cho Chang for a while. Yeah, and uh, uh, I would have been too. Yeah, yeah, you can't blame. Yeah, him. she kissed him. Yeah, she did. They she did the did. lippy lich. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. But uh, there are, I mean, there are people out there who will argue with you that like, you know, Ron and Hermione forever, man, they were definitely a romantic couple. And I'm like, they didn't go on one date during the entire book. Like there wasn't any, they didn't have anything. She's so far out of his league. Come on. Yeah. They didn't have anything (laughs) in common. They, they, they always fought and yeah. Okay. People who love each other fight all the time. (laughs) Give me a fucking break. Yeah. Um, Barrett, you seem to think that they should be together. I mean. It, 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 it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Maybe he's just surprised at how anti this is. No, I mean, there's, there's, there's signs in the movies. There's the little things like in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. When, when she gets scared, she reaches for Ron's oh, hand. Oh, I remember that. Uh, in the Goblet of Fire, they, uh, I think it's Goblet of Fire where she's actually crying because... No, 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 that's in the next one, uh, Order of the Phoenix, because that's Slughorn, uh, Jim Broadbent where she starts crying in the hallway because Ron has that love spell with the other girl. Yeah. It's all in love with them. Yeah, no, okay, fine. But the problem is I want to see one scene where they're interacting with each other and it looks like what loving people who are attracted to each other do. Huh? And they didn't do that once in the entire thing. No, they just did. I, I, I agree. They, they, they threw some hints in there. Mm-hmm. But not enough to earn this like cap off at the train at the end of this mm-hmm. no you, you don't expect them to end up married and shitting out some and kids. god help me when he calls that kid albus severus potter <laughs> that is every bit as bad as the last season of game of thrones that I, is terrible i writing. totally agree with you i totally agree with albus severus potter that's terrible that's so awful it's awful yeah uh, he named his next kid Jed because he was all out of Jed. mentors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, Deathly Hollows won half a movie. All half set a up. movie. Hormones in the Woods. The one thrilling thing I remember is that chase through the woods where they zap, quietly zap with the bad guys chasing, and we use that in a lot of outtakes whenever there's a chase in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a thrilling scene. Mm-hmm. But the next movie is no setup and all climax mm-hmm. it is yep, which yep. is why this would have been better off as a four-hour movie yep and i i think it's it's i think it is it this one it's this one where we find out that uh snape and dumbledore had a uh an agreement mm-hmm. uh that he had to put on the face that he is still with voldemort and everything uh uh for everybody even if it even if it hurts he's mm-hmm. got to do it so all that stuff we saw was staged, basically, even though there are real consequences to it. Um, and uh, and so that that Snape was basically a uh, a spy uh, for for Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- I I love the conclusion of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, it took me forever. I did not. I, I read the book uh, obviously before the movie had come out the um the what happens with harry going to the, like that 
netherworld <laughs> and there's a baby yeah a little... and then dumbledore shows up oh the great train station in the sky yeah That's right. the great That's train right. station in the sky and i was just like what the fuck and and uh the baby is voldemort and uh and it's, it has to do with the horcrux which the, that uh, voldemort put on harry's head when he put the scar on and everything <laughs> Don't you and, put that Horcrux on me, yeah, Ricky, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Bobby? I mean, didn't they kind? Didn't she kind of steal this ending from the Matrix? That and uh, what? Else? Oh yeah, yeah, the Matrix. Yeah, I was about to. Th- I, I thought the uh, the ending of the first Deathly Hallows sort of ripped off the end scene of uh, Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> yeah, because there's that. It's do 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 do. Yeah, I just mean that the good guy ultimately, in order to beat the bad guy, has to sacrifice himself to the bad guy. Yes. Uh, that feels, I mean, I think that probably goes way back before the Matrix. Jesus, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a long standing literature like... tradition. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a couple years, like, but it's not probably 2004. It's not exciting for me, ultimately. I get it. I really do. I'm not saying I would have written it different, but it's it's kind of a letdown for me that, yeah. that this is how it ends. Like hmm. you have to let your you have to you, you go hard enough right, you find yourself going left. That's right. And then later on, the Avengers uh, Infinity War and Avengers Endgame sort of took a lot of this too. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this whole like you're in another world, you got to make a choice. Do you want to stay here and? And I don't know, live the afterlife, or do you want to make a sacrifice to come back and uh, help out the good guys? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what Harry does. He goes back and he fights Voldemort, and we have that that scene with the the wands that can't beat each other. Basically, mm-hmm. has now I don't I don't know if I had seen anything like that before this movie. I mean, maybe some Star Wars shit, but like. That we that scene has been copied a million times. Oh, since. the two oh, power yeah. streams that are yeah 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 absolutely yeah. I don't think I had seen it before Harry Potter. Maybe I did. I'm not sure, but it seems like that's the one that unlocked the key for everybody to show these people are evenly matched. Yeah, Look right. at this shit. Yeah. Red know. versus green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I do hate. No, I like a few things about that battle because it goes in two stages. And you have a bunch of people dead. Like, I think Tonks dies, Remus dies. One uh, of the Weasleys. One of the t- the twins, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, no, there's another no, one. That's no big loss. Looks exactly like yeah. Yeah, 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 they have, and they then have they 50 have, kids. Yeah, then they have the interlude. <laughs> and then, uh, Ray finds, like, Harry Potter is dead. He does the, uh, over the, the loudspeaker right. in the, right. from the principal's office. Yep. You throw down your swords, <laughs> whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> And then uh, when he takes, this is the biggest bullshit, when he's carrying Harry's body back and Harry's just playing dead and all of a sudden he wakes up and he's like, boom, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I do like, and that, that part pisses me off, but I do like the, the Neville scene where Mm -hmm. he's just like, you know what? Fuck off, bitch. And he pulls out the the sword of Gryffindor, and that's what he says. Fuck off, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember and that part. Fucks. That's him. why this one was the only rated R Harry Potter. Yeah, that's right. The only R rated. Yeah. But also, <laughs> and I think we send this. I may have been on this one actually, where it kind of devolves into punching and kicking, uh, kind of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and they're both wizards. Mm-hmm. They like like Voldemort literally kicks Harry when I, he's on the steps. I'm like. And and there are so this is another one where at the end of it you're like you have all these protection spells you have all these different how is a war fought this way in yeah. a, in in magic world 
Like it, 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 it seems like it would be complete. I think you have to do something that makes sense to you as a human to watch these type of things. But, uh, but when you're talking about magicking, uh, people, like it, there's just, to me, it's like, how do you even get hit by something sometimes? Like there should be all the defensive spells are yep. on you, all the different shields like, up. Yeah. yeah. And, and the only way they can break it. And it, of course, then you get into the, well, how would they even have a battle then if everybody was defensed? But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah why, <laughs> why shoot little magic bullets at each other? Right. Why don't you have a, you know, emergency port key every three feet along the halls? Mm-hmm. Just be like, so, oh, yeah. there's Voldemort. Now yeah. I'm on the beach. <laughs> right. Emergency port. You imagine all the kids just like, hey, look at the, oh, well, I'm like, why? I'm wondering why some asshole who gets detention doesn't just go Avada Kedavra to Dumbledore and kill the right. the headmaster. Right. Like I've seen <laughs> how teenagers behave in school. They don't give a shit. They don't respect the principal. Right. Like that guy should have been killed way before Snape got to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Why would you not? Why would you not be doing polyjuice potions and taking the place of other people? That's yeah, true. that's like, true. There'd be so much fucking hijinks at that school. Yeah. It would have to be a literal no magic on campus rule. Mm. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be any fun, but at the same time... By the way, I wrote a book about superhero kids. It's a little, People think it's a little derivative of Harry Potter, but I made it so they couldn't use their powers in school because of this very thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's I thought, if you put a bunch of teenagers in school with superpowers, they're going to fuck each other up all day. They are mm-hmm. not going to just learn fractions. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> are they learning fractions in this school? I think they are, right? They're fun. They're learning. They better. They're not going to another school. No, no, they're not. to teach them all they need to know about this magic stuff and about I, you know, that was regular... One thing that that was that occurred to me watching the first one again too was just the like what what is the end game if there's no voldemort like like what what would life be like with, without voldemort right like it's a happy world right what are you going to school for what are you hoping to achieve what what do the magic people do that makes the world better Nothing. Um, they hide from it they hide from it yeah. and they don't do anything within their own world to make it any better uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. by the end of it harry potter's like a i don't know fucking mailman or something i don't know what he is he's yeah. like he's, well, he works for he, the ministry he right? works for the ministry of magic but he's like a you know it's it's some fucking like he's, death, an he's a desk job or something <laughs> <laughs> he's a filing clerk yeah <laughs> um and 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 it, and and you wonder what is <laughs> Ministry of Magic Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. What what is it that they're what is it that they do? You know what is it the thing? What is the thing that you know makes the world a better place? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they go to school for this shit, and then they want to work at the Ministry of Magic, where they're right. sitting behind a you know answering phones like you're saying. Yeah. Do we do we even want to get into Fantastic Beasts? No. Have you even seen them? No. Yeah, they're bad. They're shitty, man. And they talk about Deus Ex Machina all over the place. Yeah. This is the this is this is run amok in this in these movies. Uh, but uh, we don't have to talk about them. No, the only good part of those are uh, uh, Balls of Fury and uh, Queenie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's Balls of yeah. Fury and Queen. Balls of Fury is uh, what's Fogel- Fo- Dan Dan Fogelberg. Fogelberg. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought I must have Judah Friedlander. <laughs> It's not that far uh, off. Not that far <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Queenie was the lead singer of a band of some. Yeah, she is. Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. Yeah, is the name of that guy. Um, but yes, he was in Balls of Fury. That's the only other thing that I've really. I'm sure he's done a bunch of stuff, but um, I couldn't remember anything that he he's a writer, isn't he? I think he is. 
Um, I get him and Danny McBride confused. Writer. He's only written three things. Oh, I get him and Judah Freelander confused. I know. I he's know. only written three things, yeah. and he's been in... He's got 61 credits. Oh, he's he, been in The Walking Dead, apparently. No, but he, I totally agree. To, to wrap up the Harry Potter thing, I think that epilogue is the worst part of the series. I agree. The age-up makeup, the fact that he and Jenny... I mean, the fact look, that they felt we're not, necessary. We're yeah. not all Aaron Dicer. We don't all end up with our high school sweetheart, right? A few of us do. Uh, and the fact that both of them did, and they're all together, like kind of incestuously. It's all. It's all weird. Uh, yeah, they live in four people in a house, and they swing. They swing. Mm, yeah, they're, yeah. They're in the bed like and his uh, own sister. Mm-hmm. They're like the grandparents in uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, they never they're, get out of bed. <laughs> they never get. out of bed. They just roll over and fuck. Except to take That's their kids right. to the magic train for Hogwarts. Right. They move. They move the board out of the way that that separates them on the bed, and then they fuck. But yeah, then they've got the Albus Severus pot. <laughs> I mean that that whole thing is just like really. I mean, honestly, if she had not written this last scene, what we got for the last scene could have been an SNL parody. Of what she might have done. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> Bad makeup, silly names, silly names. The fact that can, everybody got fucking I can together. Fucking see Pete Davidson going out, but And Jenny looks the exact same, except she's got like a business suit. On. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a sensible age skirt. Up somebody who's still fourteen. I yeah, mean, I'm yeah. exaggerating, but she's still super young. Yeah. All right. Well, we're obviously not experts of the experts of these movies, but what do you guys think? Just uh, just drop a line at some point and tell us your Harry Potter stories. Anyway, um, uh, do we have time for uh, anything else right now? Yeah, man. Okay, so do we want to do recommends and warns or do we do one of questions? Let's do a couple questions. That'll go quick. Questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Many actors. Many are only seen as the actor when watching their movies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What is one film where you see the character rather than the actor playing them? For this person, it's Morgan Freeman in Seven. That's the only role I feel that he disappears into where acting is wholly unique for him. Now, that's a great pick. I would say before that, you would see a lot more Morgan Freeman disappearing. And, of course, you've got Red. That's not really Morgan Freeman, Yeah. right? Uh, but no, that's a, that's a good pick. I think. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek in shadow of the vampire. Very oh, nice. Wow. Uh, Who the fuck else is going to play that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Max, uh, Willem Dafoe is obviously great in everything that he's in, but he's got this kind of way about him in every movie that he's in. Uh, so, so every time he shows up is like, yeah, there's fucking Willem Dafoe. In Shadow of the Vampire, he is playing a completely different, unique character mm-hmm. uh, than he ever has. And uh, I don't know who else would play it, but he's he's completely different in that than he is in anything else. Mm-hmm. Even in The Lighthouse, which is a, a very immersive role, mm-hmm. you can see Willem Dafoe in there. Kind of, yeah. You can, I mean... Why'd you spill your beans, boy? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's eh, like a Willem Dafoe type There's thing. a thing, like, Willem Dafoe obviously can be ten different kinds of that person that he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? He's, yeah. he's, yeah. Like, he's got range within the Willem Dafoe bar. Yep. Yeah. You know? Which is which is very nice. It's it's big, mm-hmm. but it's still Billy D. Yeah, it is. 
I'm going to go off script yeah. and go with Bobby De Niro in Cape Fear, <clears throat> which I just oh, recently watched. Nice. Uh, I hadn't seen this in probably 15 years. And <clears throat> it's really not like any other De Niro role. He's played plenty of villains, but I don't know that he's played too many absolutely unhinged psychopaths. Like, you could say what you want about Taxi Driver. That guy's not exactly hinged. But he's not speaking with this southern drawl, Mm -hmm. with this uneducated linguistic manner. He doesn't have the wild, greasy hair and the weird sea boat-faring outfits. And it's just, you watch this movie, and I don't see Robert De Niro. I see the devil. I see somebody that scares the absolute bejesus out of me because he's, he's smart, but more than smart, He's a hundred percent dedicated to this. He is going to fuck Nick Nolte. It, it does up. not matter. Like that boat is good. He's going to die on that boat. And he does not <laughs> care because first he's going to kill him. Um, and I was struck watching it this time how how little like even in Heat, that's De Niro and Pacino. Oh yeah, the table for sure. Talking. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's a great movie. Uh, even in um, Goodfellas, that's De Niro being mob guy De Niro. But mm-hmm. here, it's just not, there's nothing else in his resume that's like this at all. And he's just absolutely scary. So that's Counselor. Yeah. That's Counselor, yeah. are you yeah. there? Could you be there? God, he's so, he's so perfectly manipulative in this. And I guess that just comes from that, what, 20 years in prison or whatever he's it was? Had, he, it's 10, I think. He's had all this time to plan. Yeah. Not just specific, you know, scheme plans, but you know, emotional plans and like just figure out a way to fuck Nick Nolte up. Well, and he does it perfect, man. He gets it. He gets it to where Nick Nolte gets a restraining order on him. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he steals the lawyer out from under him. God. Because he beats really the good. he beats the shit out of him, and then he what does he show up with all those bandages yeah. and like a neck brace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This also movie. spawns one of the best Simpsons episodes. Oh, oh the the uh, sideshow Bob thing. Yeah, it's Cape yeah. Fear with an E on the end of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> he sings the HMS Pitiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what never? No, never. <laughs> what never? Well, Altogether, hardly ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, 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 that's the one with the rakes and the oh yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. The, uh, <laughs> die bar guy, die bar, die bar, the. <laughs> In German, German yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes to the crowd and it's like, like no, nothing ever, nothing bad has ever come from German people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took a bunch of them, so I'll kind of run through. Uh, Bill Murray it has a Bill Murray thing. It doesn't matter if he's in a Jim Jarmusch thing or Sofia Coppola, but in Rushmore, I think he completely subverted. Especially leading up to that, I don't, he hadn't done much drama. He had done some, uh, but that is a very different Bill Murray. Role. Mm-hmm. I think he disappears yeah. into that. Uh, Emma Stone in Birdman. Emma Stone oh, also. Yeah. Emma Stone's brilliant actor, but there's a lot of Emma Stoneisms happening mm-hmm. in Birdman. The only time she really kind of does an Emma Stone type of thing is when Michael Keaton catches her smoking, and uh, he's like, "What is that?" And she's like. Oh, it's pot. (laughs) (laughs) She just looks at him like, oh, I'm caught, whatever. Uh, She is terrific in that movie. It's still an underrated movie, I think, even though it won fucking Best Picture. Mm -hmm. I don't think people talk about that movie uh, enough. 
Um, Woody Harrelson and Natural Born Killers. Yep. Woody's going to be Woody. Woody's Woody's going to Woody. Fucking a man. This is such a good one. Yeah. I, he. Uh, you 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 will forget that that Woody is Woody, even with his his you know stuff down the road and War for the Planet of the Apes and Zombieland and stuff like that, where he's playing an antihero or a, or a villain. Nothing touches Natural Born mm-hmm. Killers, especially Juliet up Lewis until movies. then. Huh? We both picked Juliet Lewis movies. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> uh, up until then, it's only pretty much been Woody at this point. Yeah, Lightning he was, Can Jump was, was He on. was in that. He was also an Indecent Proposal yeah. and stuff like that. But none of the those two roles weren't like going to shed his Woody Cheers image or yeah. anything. Um, uh, I remember, I mean, even though I had seen those two, Indecent Proposal and White Men Can't Jump and everything, the trailer... For natural born killers, where he's like, "You ain't seen nothing yet," and he's bald and yeah. all this other stuff. I was like, "Holy fuck!" Woody <laughs> Harrelson, Woody fucking Harrelson, Woody Harrelson's taking a step. Yeah, here, this is a this is a risk. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, he's completely different. He's fucking phenomenal. Oh, in that he's so movie. good. He's so good. That movie. I still don't know what I think of that movie. Nobody I saw- does. <laughs> nobody does nobody does (laughs) it's a mystery yeah i mean it's one of those movies where there's so much great and so much that is equally bad at the same time yeah that you can't really just go say i love that movie or i hate that movie because then you have to if you say you hate it you ignore all the good stuff if you say you love it you're ignoring all the bad stuff yeah 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 i i think it's watchable though the last one i'll say is leo dicaprio and the revenant uh, mm-hmm. even in Wolf of Wall Street, even in Shutter Island, the the stuff that he's excellent in, still very Leo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. But The Revenant, he sheds all of that. And yeah. God bless him, got got the Oscar. Well, and the only problem is that he was still overshadowed in that movie by Tom Hardy. Yeah. Disappearing even further into... Tom Hardy disappears into everything. I was watching Mad Max Fury Road last night. Oh. It's a bad idea right around 9.30. And like, is... it just started. And I was yeah. like... I can't turn this off. Yeah. And my wife was watching it. She had never seen it. She was like, "What the? F-? She yeah. didn't say what the mm-hmm. fuck, but what is this? Why does he have all that stuff on his face?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I can just imagine her going in and 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 saying, what the hell is this crap?'" Also, okay, so she came in right as right at the first breath that you take, right after uh, the fight oh, with yeah. Charlize and him, and try to explain that plot. In like 30 mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Up until then. They stole well, the brides. <laughs> and the there's this truck. guy named Morden Joe who's like, uh, has an illicit uh, br- brooding, I don't know what you call it. A, uh, like a, what, do you, what is it? Uh, breeding couple, right? Well, it's harem. A harem. He's yeah, got yeah. a, he's got a, a yucky harem, basically. Yes. yes. And uh, and uh, he's breeding them, and Charlize Theron is taking them to safety, and then they go chase after him. And, and then they come back. In, and <laughs> Yes, and then they come back. Mad Max is thrown into the middle of it, and that's why the name is called, the movie is called Mad Max. <laughs> but again, that's another thing that Tom Hardy just like, you don't even know it's Tom Hardy until halfway through. And oh, yeah, there's a guy who plays guitar that shoots fire. I did say that because <laughs> that's when the, the motorcade was coming up and she was like, so can you explain? She was like, that looks weird. And I was like, wait till you get to the guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> what actor or actress are who are known for being great dramatic actors or taking on serious roles do you enjoy seeing in movies outside of their norm? 
for this person, speaking of which, it's Tom Hardy and Chris Pine in This Means War. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Uh, It is such an absurd movie, I agree, but I love the dynamic between the two of them, uh, that type of buddy cop scenario. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who's going to have a documentary out in the next couple of weeks that I am very interested in, Val Kilmer. Ooh. Oh, wow. There's a Val Kilmer documentary. I heard about this. I saw the trailer. It's a can, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I saw the trailer for it, and it, yeah, uh, he, much like um, uh, Punky Brewster, uh, shot a bunch of uh, footage back in the day. Did he of, really? Of things. There's that... footage of, sorry, there's footage of Frankenheimer yelling at him on the island of Dr. Moreau set. Because, oh, really? Ooh! Because Val Kilmer was w- wanted to play something a certain way and Frankenheimer disagreed. He, there's footage in this documentary of them having a confrontation on that Ooh. set. Oh, I can't wait to see that it, That alone man. Is, is worth watching this movie. Yeah, I think it's going to be on Amazon like in two weeks. Oh, yeah, week I'm or so. all over this. Um. Anyway, Val Kilmer started his career. It's so weird looking at his career. <laughs> he started his career with Top Secret and Real Genius. Movies mm-hmm. like that. He He's obviously not afraid to be in some goofy-ass movies. Yep. Now, maybe this was just because he was a struggling actor and this is what he could get and whatever. Those two movies are fucking classics. Though. They are. And then he does Top Gun. And suddenly, all of a sudden, he's doing like everything is fucking serious. Yeah. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, everything is like, uh, uh, what was the movie? Didn't he do the blind lady with uh, Mira yeah. Sorvino? At first, first sight. sight. Yeah. Even his Bruce Wayne is the most serious Bruce Wayne we ever Doc heard. Holliday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in The Doors. He's yeah. in, uh, what's that? Uh, um, uh, it's something ending in heart that he did that was like like early 90s, mid 90s or whatever. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Thunderheart? Was that yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually... That's serious as fuck. That's actually a decent movie, but you're right. It's serious but, as yeah, fuck. But yeah, you're not talking about quality. Right, we're just right. talking about like he's in these real serious things, and I don't think he ever did comedies, ever. Um, he did do MacGruber. He did, but that, <laughs> no, was, this way is way, this is way that was way later. That uh, was way later. And it's, and it's, we'll get to the... He's cunt. We'll get... It will get to the crux of the answer to this question, because he does a bunch of serious stuff, and then he does Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, where... He's as funny as he's ever been in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I love the line. I mean, of course, it's Shane Black. Shane Black is just, you know, uh, has that dialogue shit down, man. Uh, but uh, uh, but that whole thing where it's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, we, we look up in the dictionary and you look up stupid. What do you get? And then Downey's like, you see a picture of me? He's like, it's like, no, you see the definition of stupid, which is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> And just, I mean, he's so funny in that. And yes, he's in MacGruber uh, later on. He's he's more willing to tackle uh, these kind of smaller things at this point uh, in his career when he does those type of things. Uh, he has throat cancer now, mm-hmm. and uh, that you see it in the trailer where he's he's talking through a, a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, Tracheotomy. Tracheotomy, yeah. yeah, one of those yeah. things. Uh, and, uh, it's sad to see, he's like, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I've had throat cancer. I'm still going through it right now, but he is, I mean, a lot of the images in there are just these old, like 19, like 1980s images of Kevin Bacon and, nice. and, uh, and Sean Penn and people oh, like awesome. that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, he's known mainly for drama, even though he started off in comedies, 
but kiss kiss bang bang was such a great sort of like alternate to all of that I top secret is the shit real mm-hmm. genius is fun mm-hmm. but top secret is where he really shows off like range mm-hmm. he's not even because we, we you talk about like the airplane movies and naked gun where everybody's deadpanning it the mm-hmm. whole way through he's deadpanning it but he's also making jokes mm-hmm. in that he's dancing yeah dancing is really good he he seems to really get the feel for that material which is so fucking weird he yeah. he seems so self-important in the mid-90s yes, he does. so how the fuck did he go from knowing i don't know how you have that place in you that you're like i know how this you know this comedy should work to uh, I won't be on this movie set unless, you know, uh, the, all this, you know, unless my demands are met or whatever. I also picked uh, a Shane Black movie, uh, The Nice Guys. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling mm. and Russell Crowe are both much more known for serious roles than for comedy. Uh, I think they both have at least one other comedy on their resume. I mm-hmm. know Gosling did crazy stupid love and big short is yeah and, and he's short. he is the comic oh uh, yeah piece of that movie but you're right ryan gosling mainly known for drama yeah and they're both as funny as anyone has ever been in anything mm-hmm. in the nice guys they both have great timing and great chemistry uh which is i think i've said this before but if you'd have told me this like we're gonna put this russell crowe and ryan gosling in a buddy cop movie and it's gonna be funny as shit i'd be like all right good luck with that mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but it works it works perfectly and uh, maybe the casting director knew something that i didn't but you know i don't think of russell crowe as a funny guy mm-hmm. uh, i think of him as a serious actor who's probably not very much fun outside of acting like that's what i think yeah but yeah. um He's a very, very funny man. He is. It's like when Liam Neeson did that sketch with Ricky Gervais. Oh, and my you're God. Like, it's so oh my good. God, Liam Neeson is hilarious. <laughs> have you ever seen that, Barry? I don't think I have. Oh, my God. It, it wouldn't take you long to watch this. This is, oh my God, there's a, you can get this clip on YouTube. Liam Neeson and Richie, Ricky Gervais. It's not extras. It's that other one that he did that was in between a whole bunch Life of, is short? My, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Warwick Davis was on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, some sort of pun on short. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, just find the Liam Neeson, Ricky Gervais thing. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, where uh, Liam Neeson's like comes in and he's like, uh, I, 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 I want to do some comedies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Ricky Gervais was like, you're, you're kind of a serious guy. Are you sure you want to do this? And, and then he's like, I, I've written something. I want, I want to try it out. Or whatever. And, Oh my God. It's so fucking <laughs> so good, man. It's so good. I don't know if it's easier for comedians to go to drama or drama people to go to comedy. It feels like it's easier the first way. The, yeah. um, the comedy people can go to drama much yeah. easier. But yeah, serious Oscar winner actors will tell you it's harder to do comedy than it is to do drama. Yeah, although it's funny the um, um, uh, the prevailing wisdom about Airplane and Naked Gun was that they would cast people who were known for dramas to be in these movies. Uh, and, uh, and they, and there was a thought that, well, because they have such acting chops, they're able to do the comedy better, but who knows? It, mm-hmm. it, I think it all depends on this. If you get the material, which is uh, a question I asked the, you know, uh, the guy, uh, Josh Rubin, I believe who did werewolves within, mm-hmm. 
this uh this movie is is just got a certain way about it and i was like do all the actors come in knowing what kind of movie this is and they just get into this comic character or do you have to go and round them up and say <laughs> this is how we're gonna do this or whatever um but um yeah here it is life's too short life's too short um yeah look that up that youtube clip of liam neeson ricky gervais and life's too short and uh laugh your ass off you're gonna laugh your fucking ass nice. off because it's so it's so dark and so hilarious. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the, a, the female equivalent of a Val Kilmer type of thing uh, without the tragic end. Uh, Rachel McAdams started off Mean Girls, super mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. and everything, and then Notebook, and then Serious Stuff, and then Spotlight. And, and I don't mean quality again. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. quality goes up. Red Eye. Uh, red Eye. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing funny about Red Eye no. except for a dude putting the scarf on mm-hmm. uh, and her handing the library book upside down. <laughs> Whatever the fuck she did, yeah. fucking red eye, right. fucking fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But then she comes back with fucking Game Night, arguably the funniest movie of her career, mm-hmm. uh, and she is hilarious in it. Now in Mean Girl, she's fantastic in it, uh, but Game Night, all of a sudden we were reminded. Now she did Wedding Crashers in there, but she wasn't funny in Wedding mm-hmm. Crashers. Um, and uh, no, I think that that really comes back. And my my actual answer is Tom Cruise. And I have this weird feeling about Tom Cruise. He's hilarious, obviously, in Tropic Thunder, his Les Grossman. I think he's hilarious in Night and Day, that James Mangold, Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz thing. It's a better movie than I gave it credit for. He's funny. But Les Grossman is a whole different animal. Stand back and literally fuck your own face. <laughs> and I have this feeling that he's not funny. He's not funny. But he just poured himself into that role so much he was like, if I'm going to be a comic role, I'm going to fucking, he probably hired like every writer that he knew to write those for him, makeup artists to make like, like he probably assembled this helicopter training team around him to yeah. make him funny for that role. And he's probably not all that funny. Ben Stiller otherwise. may have just told him to be dead serious in this whole thing. You be, it a, could be, you be a producer that, you know, in the past that has yelled at you and maybe scott rudin could be <laughs> yeah could be it kind of looks like <laughs> which one of you is the key grip mm-hmm. <laughs> i want you to walk over there and punch that director yeah. in the face as hard as you can <laughs> and the guy walks over to the director and then just kind of shrugs like he told me to yeah. Yeah. Him. uh he's funny as hell in yeah, that role though yeah, god yeah, damn and has that great moment at the end where he's dancing during the credits yeah ludicrous song and i love the way he and bill Hader play off of each mm-hmm. other that's so perfect <laughs> bill Hader's just like yeah yeah that's right what he said yeah it's it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. the gunny room <laughs> <laughs> uh that's gonna do it uh for uh this uh podcast this here podcast this here this here uh keep going to sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook we're also on cinema sins twitter music video sins twitter discord and soundcloud soundcloud that's right so uh so so give us your comments and and, uh, and your your um uh, menu uh observations i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> menu <laughs> Yeah. do you like do you like the presentation of the menu do you like my erection selection do you like yes exactly here here are blockbusters employees choices um but that's going to do it for this week it's chris atkinson jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube 
Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. We walked through Fucking Chinatown to get there, but no, we we knew where we were you going. Knew where you knew where you okay, all right. Uh, we had already booked the dinner. We did not know it was a menu free nine hundred dollar experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's a, a clip that was on. Uh, apparently, Ed Sheeran just did hot ones. Um, of course, he did. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, but he really got like blown away by like not even the hottest one, just like you know, free from the hottest, and. Uh, he went to, uh, the dude, the host was saying, like, you went to Jiro's place, the Jiro Dreams of Sushi uh, Tokyo place, and uh, the omakashi uh, place where they serve you. And Ed Sheeran's dying. He's like, <laughs> and you know, the, the dude keeps asking regardless. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, what was this like the place of your dreams? Is this the place that everybody says? And I guess it was because maybe he would have said it anyway, but because he was dying and he was just being honest, he was like, no, it's not all that great. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, there's a place in London called whatever. And uh, that's better. <laughs> I went, I went to uh, Buffalo wild wings and when I had, I hadn't had the blazing in forever. Is that the hottest one? That's their hottest one. Mm-hmm. They and they, I guess they see. I don't know. Are are there watered down versions of of uh, Carolina Reaper and all this other stuff? Yeah. That's that because oh, yeah. because there's no way they're selling the the hot the no. these peppers to the to a mainstream restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the blazing was hot. <laughs> And it would kill a lot of people. And it, I mean, I, I had, you know, it was, it was a little rough on me, but I was sitting there going, there's no fucking way this is what people are talking about when they're eating the Carolina Reaper, because mm-hmm. that looks like it has put them in a serious state yeah. when they're eating it. And, uh, I mean, and I kind of knew that before I ordered it, I knew they weren't going to serve me something that would, you know, be like that, but. The thing is, is is uh, the hottest wings are hardly ever the best wings. Mm-hmm. Those, no, I agree. I agree. They don't have taste. They have just heat. So, <clears> like, <throat> the, the 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 highest heat uh, on Buffalo Wild Wings that tastes good is mango habanero. habanero. Mm. Those are the best ones. Um, I agree. They, they have a lot of heat to them, but they have a flavor. So, it's like, all right, I can deal with this. But, man, the blazing is just like just putting fire in your mouth i feel i thought like how every few years there's a new hottest pepper like for a long time it was the ghost pepper Mm -hmm. and then out of nowhere comes the carolina reaper that is now the hottest pepper Mm -hmm. and in three years it's gonna be the the duluth monster yeah the (laughs) duluth monster monster. (laughs) absolutely well there's some people who are legendary there are some people who are sort of engineering a lot of these yeah yeah I think the uh, th- this is what I was gonna say. There's there's those chips. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like paqui or paqui or whatever. P a q u i. Yeah 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 yeah. Um, they are definitely doing something with their peppers. Uh, that I I bought something. It was a ghost pepper thing. I'm sure it's still a little bit watered down because again, every time I've seen somebody take on ghost pepper, Carolina Reaper, or anything like that they're in serious pain but i bought these i went i was at a gas station and bought these 
And the, the guy behind the counter was like, are you sure? <laughs> oh, it's that kind of party. Huh? Yeah. Wow. I was like, I'm going to try them. <laughs> this guy's seen some shit. I want to try them. <laughs> and I ate them. And that, yeah, they, they made me tear up pretty good. Wow. Um, but it it still wasn't to the, I mean, maybe it was because he gave me the warning ahead of time, but they just didn't. I mean, they were hot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not poo-pooing that. They are, they are very fucking hot, but um but uh, it wasn't to the point that i thought it might be meanwhile i had two bites of bolton's mildest chicken and i was a wreck for a day <laughs> yeah <laughs> nashville hot is a whole different animal though man well that's a yeah i just i don't the spicy foods and me we did not get along <laughs> this this spice this is not my kind of spice, <laughs> not my kind of spice. there is a place the only place where i've encountered i think real ghost peppers is uh jake melnick's in chicago mm-hmm. on uh on chicago i have no it's on superior um that place that i wanted to take you when we were up there uh and they have one of those challenges and mm-hmm. it's a I, I think it's the only one of its it's not a chain or anything, <clears throat> and uh, and that that's no that's no joke. Yeah, I, I I didn't ever take the challenge. I had the one down, and the one down I thought was glorious. It was the hottest thing I've ever eaten, but it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, but a buddy of mine was was doing it. We did it at lunch one day. We're like <laughs> the, the whole lab staff decided, all right, we're gonna take off lunch and go watch john uh do this this challenge bald guy and uh he made it through i i took one from him uh i was like i'll I'll lighten your load and it was good it was blow your head off i don't think i could do six of them but i did the the so this guy was supposed to eat six without drinking anything or anything yeah 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 and man that dude's head was just fucking it was a waterfall Mm -hmm. coming off of (laughs) yeah see that's something that i'm not interested in (laughs) and then the uh I probably told you this, but there was a, a Korean guy that worked with us. It was an intern, and uh, he said he was going to do it too. And Korean stuff can be very, very hot too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, "All right, man, go ahead, Suno." And uh, he took one. <laughs> he took down one, and then he said, "I got to go." And he <laughs> fucking left. <laughs> he left. Didn't come in the next day. Oh, swear no. to God. Didn't come in the next day. Didn't call. Didn't do anything. We thought he'd died. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor bastard. And we got stuck with the check for this guy. Oh, of course. <laughs> so I like to buy the eight-piece fried chicken at Kroger. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really good chicken. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Kroger, is. this is the only time where Kroger beats Publix. Maybe far. not the only, but the definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah, Publix yeah. chicken has nothing on Kroger. Nope. Yep. Nope. Uh, I like to buy the eight-piece. Yeah. And then I'll come home, and my wife doesn't do fried chicken very much, so this is a Jeremy thing, right? Nice. And so I'll eat two breasts and a leg, mm-hmm. and then everything else goes in the fridge because cold fried chicken rules. Yeah, it does. And the next day or later that night, I eat the other leg and the thighs, and I throw two wings away. The fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, man. Fucking wings monster. are amazing. I get the dark meat. I get my dark meat. Are wings even dark meat or are the they fuck, white meat? No, well, they're dark meat because they're right by the bone. The, what What do you have against the wings that much? I, I, it's not... I, you know, you are, You said it five seconds ago. It's too much. Two bites. Too much work. Too much mess for two bites of food. And it, they're small bites and they often come with fat and gristle. How are you eating your wings? I'm not. I throw them away. <laughs> I, eat, I eat the other pieces of chicken. 
Like I'm, sitting, you, I'm you, sitting there listening to the story going, oh, he's saving the wings for last. Yeah, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. Put a little Louisiana hot yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Throw those motherfuckers away, you fucking... You, That's I'll tell not you what, even edible. Put those in a container. You might as well bread some chicken feet and put it in there. You know, the wings are... Chicken feet I, are good, too, I've by had, the way. I've had... I know what you're talking about, Jeremy. I do understand this. I think I've eaten enough wings now, though, where I don't have that issue when I eat them. Oh, sure. And I recognize this is not... I'm not trying to put this on the world. Like, I'm not saying you should be the way I am. Mm. I recognize I'm, I don't eat... We've talked about this before. I don't eat ribs. I don't want to get that fucking messy. And have to put what about a dry rub. Slide though? this fucking thing all over my mouth like this, and then have, wear a goddamn bib. I don't want that. Nobody wears a bib. People wear bibs. Nobody wears a bib. People wear bibs. You ever had dry rub ribs? I like I a mean, rendezvous. Did you ever go to a rendezvous when you were in Memphis? The ribs that no, the ribs that I have had, if I've had them, have been all pulled soft. with a fork yeah, off yeah, of yeah, the yeah. bone, yeah. so that I don't have to do the work. So, like, would you would you get down with like Arnold's country style ribs? I think Have so. Have you ever had those? I don't know what that means. Well, those are like based or like braised in sauce. So where it's falling off of the That's bone. great. That's yeah, different. Yeah. And yeah. also, I don't eat lobster for the same reason. I'll eat lobster mac and cheese. I'll eat lobster the food. Are you not but it, eat listen, lobster? listen, what? I don't want to order a lobster where they bring me a fucking crustacean on a plate and I have to oh, where crack you have that to, no, shit no, open. No, I understand that. That's understand. too much goddamn work. That's all I'm saying. What I about like crab? good food. I don't like to work that hard for it. You don't like crab like that either? No. Like we, crab legs? No, but this is the perfect time to tell the story of when I took my brother to the Palm a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> because he ordered this seafood meal that's like three times as expensive as anything else on the menu. And it's got mussels and crab legs and different kinds of crab and clams and all this shit in it. And they bring it to him, but they did. They don't bring him the the the, the cracker the tools yeah, yeah you yeah. need to have a cracker and a tiny fork yeah right like a nutcracker mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a tiny fork they didn't bring him any of that mm. so he struggles the muscles are already half open that's what yeah, happens yeah, when you yeah, cook yeah. so he eats the muscles first and then he's struggling with his fork and his other fork and he's trying to get in there and get the meat the waiter walks by and notices this now you would think the next move would be for the waiter to bring the cracker and the tiny fork yeah to my brother instead my brother's 48 years old. Instead, this dude shows up at the table wearing gloves and the cracker and his tiny fork in his hand and proceeds to demeat all of the seafood in my brother's like bowl in front of everyone. Like, <laughs> I immediately said, do you need a bib too? Uh, because this guy was just, it, he was there for five minutes. I was laughing so hard I got up and went to the bathroom hoping he would be gone when I came back and he wasn't. Oh, he so was it took still, him a while. It, it wasn't took, like an expert, like, you know, magician. Six, seven minutes easy. <laughs> and instead of just giving my brother the tools <laughs> or even showing him how to do it, this guy painstakingly pulls all the meat out of like six crab legs and a bunch of different cla- Oh my God, it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen and I still to this day, we haven't decided if he was making fun of my brother or if he was legitimately doing what he thought would get him a better tip. Like, I'm going above and beyond here. Yeah, it's all about... I mean, I would I would love that. I don't mind cracking my own crab or anything like that, but that would be fucking rad. I'd just be sitting back like I was getting a fucking blowjob. <laughs> well, not if you're... Not if your kids were at the table. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But anyway, to this day, I don't know. I don't know what that guy's deal is. Does he think my brother is, like, really stupid? 
like <laughs> <laughs> you with this two. Do you think my brother is Steve Martin from <laughs> yeah, the Jerk? <laughs> no, I was actually thinking that when he plays Rupert in uh, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Scoundrel, yeah. he has to have like a cork on his fork right. so he doesn't hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he got a great tip. That's just my way, but I don't know. I, th- I think he thinks my brother's an idiot. I'm just going to go with that story. And so he, he like, didn't even give him the option. He no. didn't say like, "Oh, Walked here's your up cracker." And said, "I'm going to do this like, for you." I just started gloves. doing it. Just started. It I, wasn't even. If you go to the Palm, they have like you get like six waiters. At, at you have like a head waiter, a mm. water waiter, and a beverage waiter, and they all split tips. But mm. this was the main waiter of the night. He said, I, "He gonna, didn't like send his lackey." He was like, "I'm going to do this. I got other tables." But I'm going to do this right now. Well, I tell you what. I mean, I think it's probably motivated by management to turn over the table, right? If if your brother's going to be spending sixty minutes there cracking his shit, maybe. Uh, but it's that's worth the kind the five of place where to, I mean, you spend two three hours when you go to that place anyway, and it's, yeah. it's so expensive. I'm not sure they're worried about turning tables as much as they are. I mean, if we sat there for five hours, they'd probably be nudging us. But yeah. we'd only been there for like an hour. It's not like it's not like we were like lollygagging or anything. Like, <laughs> here, bitch. I mean, <laughs> this is the same to me as going to a steakhouse and the waiter comes up and grabs the knife and starts cutting your steak for you. And you like when you were five and your mom did that for you. That's what it felt like to me. Anyway, <clears throat> I um, wish I had a guy like that when I went to. Um, a Vegas buffet casino, <clears throat> and they had crab legs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh yeah, crab legs. It should be easy to to open this sh- shit up and get the the food out of it and everything." I got other things, but like I went, I got I got a I got a couple of them, and then I came back to wherever I was sitting, and I did, had no idea how you were supposed to open the crab legs up at all. I, was, I I tried every which way. I feel like had you never had uh, crab legs like no, that before? No. Oh wow! And uh, I looked around and I saw another table that had crab legs, and I saw them da 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 just tearing it up, and everything. I was like, I was just looking at them, and I was like, <laughs> and then I would try to do what I thought they were doing. And it wasn't. Working. <laughs> what is this sorcery? <laughs> wasn't it wasn't working? So yeah, I I am uh, I am as dumb as your brother. I'm just saying. Did you, you abandon ship? You just uh, gave up. Gave up. If you crack the crab legs for a man, you feed him. But if you teach the man how to crap his own cra- crap his own crab legs, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do the teach a man to fish thing, but with the crab legs. No, I got you. I, yeah. I, I see the analogy. It didn't it's really like, work out. It's like Job and Jonah. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? My God, my God. What the fuck, man? My God. Um, oh. I don't need that image in my head. Um. <laughs> going to hell for breathing the same air as you right yeah now. pretty much pretty I mean, much i was already going so it's a wash but mm-hmm. <clears throat> i don't it's not a it's not a an ad right now but uh what's on movie is the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie mm-hmm. which i had never seen before mm-hmm. and i'm thinking about watching it's, even if we don't have a it's a, a fucking barrett movie and a half is it really i do like me some boon well it's so it's both weird and hilarious and then just like what the fuck just all the way through it so i'm down weird hilarious what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs>